0: You'll hear about complaining folk and a magical donkey that spoke. You'll wonder why Moshe hit that stone and why the spies could not atone. Some of our best stories by far were written in Sefer Bamibar. It's Bamibar, now get it right! This week's Parsha is Shlach Lecha. And friends, this is a very exciting moment for us as a community for me personally, and for all of you who have been listening to the podcast this year, how perfect that during the last week of school, we celebrate one full Torah reading cycle of the Parsha podcast. The first podcast that I recorded with this big idea, because last year, the way that the calendar fell out, Shlach Lecha was the first Parsha of the summer. And Jonah Hassenfeld and I had this big idea that we could start a podcast that would keep kids in touch with the Parsha over the course of the summer. And we created it and it really took off. Thanks to all of your help and support and positive feedback, it's really meant a lot to us how much this podcast has grown and expanded. The first podcast that we did that I'm actually going to share at the end of this podcast today had about five listeners because we wanted to see if this worked, if the idea of taking the storytelling that I had been doing of Parshat Shavua and moving it to this platform, if it would work. And over the course of the year, we have gone from those first five listeners to now Anywhere from 65 to 85 listeners uh, every single week, and I hear all the time that there are actually people across the country and across the world who are listening to this podcast, and it really means a lot to me and to Jonah and to the whole Schechter Boston community. If you'd like to join me in celebrating this momentous occasion of a yearly cycle of telling Torah reading stories of the weekly Parsha. Subscribe, make sure that you like, maybe leave a comment. You can rate and review the podcast. All of this actually helps our podcast listenership go up. It raises our profile so you can give back by liking, subscribing, adding comments, rating and reviewing, and as always, sharing with your friends. Now today I am excited and full of joy to be celebrating a year of studying Torah and going through the weekly Parsha with all of you, but it's not just about looking backwards, it's also about looking forward and sharing a commitment that this podcast isn't going anywhere. Yes, now we have in the archive every single Parsha from the yearly Parsha with stories, but there is more to share. There is Always more Torah to be learned. And so we are going to keep up on the weekly Parsha, providing weekly content and material that is connected, interesting stories, interesting insights. It is going to keep going strong into the year ahead. And so I'm looking forward to doing that. But for today, in celebration of one full year of Parsha telling, we are going to share the first ever podcast Parsha that really started us all off. So without any further ado, and with deep gratitude to all of our listeners, here is Parsha Shlach Lecha. The stories in Sefer Bamidbar are original adaptations of stories from Sefer Bamidbar. Enjoy! This week's Parsha is Shlach Lecha. At this point in the story, B'nai Israel are really starting to set their sights on Eretz Israel, the Holy Land, the Promised Land, where they are heading at the end of their journey through the wilderness, through the Medbar. However, none of them have ever actually been to Eretz Israel. So they start to worry, and they ask each other, Have you ever been? Well, no, I've heard it's an amazing, magical, beautiful, perfect land where the grapes are bigger than your head, and the olives are bigger than your head, and the dates are bigger than your head, and the wheat is as tall as people. It's a beautiful, magical place. But you still have never been, right? No, of of, of course, I've I've never been. I've been a slave for most of my life up until now. Yeah, but what if, what if, what if, it's not like that. What if it's a terrible, awful place that would be so scary and we would never want to be? What if it's like that instead? You're right. I had never thought about it. Moshe, 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 please tell us what's the land of Israel like? How are we going to know? We need to know something. So when God heard all of these complaints, starts this week's portion, and it says that God said to Moshe, Shlach lecha anashim, Send ahead a bunch of scouts. You see, B'nai Israel were 600,000 people, and they had a lot of stuff with them. But if it wasn't for all of the stuff, and all of the young people, and all of the old people, and all the people who had trouble walking, if you were to just ride a horse from where they were to Eretz Israel, it would not take very long at all. And so God tells Moshe to send ahead miraglim, to send ahead scouts that are going to go up ahead, see what Eretz Yisrael is like, so that they can come back with that report. And that's exactly what Moshe does. Moshe says, All right, everyone, I need a representative from each of the tribes. That way no one can have any doubt that The report is true, and Moshe assigned a miragel, a spy or a scout, from every one of the tribes. And they go up ahead, and for 40 days, they are gone, scouting out the land of Israel, and they come back. And everybody's very excited to hear what their report is. And they say, so, 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 what did you find out? Well, there's good news, and there's bad news. The good news is that the land really is a magical, perfect, beautiful land. A land like no one has ever seen before. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, just as we were promised. And the people get very excited. Yay, 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 yay. That's great news. Yes, God is telling us the truth that it's an amazing, beautiful, magical land. We're so excited. What's the bad news? The bad news is that... Just like there are giant grapes, and giant olives, and giant dates, there are giant people that live there. Gulp. Giant people. Giant people. And they don't seem like the kind of people who are just going to let us walk right in, put up our tents, build our houses, start our family and they're going to fight us, and we are surely going to lose. Oh, no. Oh, that's bad. Okay, all right, then we should head back to Egypt. Okay, that's it, we should head back to Egypt. What's the point of being here in the wilderness if we're gonna die out here in the wilderness, or we're gonna die as we try to enter into the land of Israel? I'd rather be a slave in Egypt then traveling to a place that we have no chance at conquering. And Moshe gets so mad. Oh, that makes me so angry. God, these people, they're always complaining. They're always with something. How many times do you have to do miracles for them to accept that what you say is going to be the truth? And God says, you're right. Let's kill all of them. Just like God had done at Har Sinai with the story of the Egel hazahav And Moshe says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. God, I wasn't talking about killing all of them. I, I, I mean, I, I'm mad, but I'm not that kind of mad. And God says, all right, so what do you think we should do? And Moshe says, I'm not sure. And then all of a sudden they hear a voice. It's the voice of, Yehoshua, and it's the voice of Kalev. And Yehoshua and Kalev have gathered the people back together and said, please, everybody, listen. Understand that God is going to be with us, and we don't have to be afraid. Yes, there are giants. That is all true. Yes, the land is magical and perfect, and they're going to fight to defend it. That is true. But God has been along our side From the very beginning and I have no reason to think that God would let us astray. There is no reason to think that God isn't going to make us successful in conquering the land. At which time Moshe and Aaron they stand up and they say Yehoshua and Kalev are absolutely right. That is absolutely a hundred percent right. There is no need to fear. Moshe are talking. And God says, Moshe, these people that you have with you, they are such big complainers. Everything is a complaint. We need meat. We need food. We're afraid of this. We're afraid of that. These people are just so traumatized from their time as slaves that I don't think they are going to be ready to enter into the land of Israel. We need people who are going to enter into the land of Israel without any fear. People like Yehoshua, people like Kalev, people who really deeply understand that I, God, am going to be alongside them throughout the whole journey. And Moshe says, so what do you suggest, God? God says, well, there is a generation of people who have seen my amazing miracles and don't have the long-lasting trauma of having been slaves in Egypt. And Moses says, yeah, but the only people who haven't been slaves in Egypt for a long time were were like the kids, the children. And God says, that's exactly right. That's why the children who are wandering through the Midbar right now, the children who are wandering in the wilderness, they are going to be the ones to inherit the land. But their parents and their grandparents will not. And Moshe says, God, I thought we just talked about this. You're not going to kill all these people, are you? And God says, well, not right away, but they are eventually going to die. And I don't want B'nai Israel to enter into the land of Israel until all of the members of this generation, this older generation, the ones who have so much doubt We don't want B'nai Israel entering into the land of Israel until they have all died out. And Moshe says, Okay, God, I I get that. But we are not that far away. I mean, it took them 40 days to get to Eretz Yisrael and back. And yes, they're Meraglim, and they have horses, and they're faster. But we're only a couple months out at this point. And God says, Change of plans. You are going to wander through the wilderness for the next 39 years, a total of 40 years because it took a year to build the Mishkan. You are going to travel through the Midbar. All of the people that are in the older generation are going to die out, and then after 40 years of traveling through the Midbar, the people can enter into the Promised Land, into the Holy Land. Moshe says all of this because of the doubt of the of the Miraglim and God says it's not just the doubts of the Miraglim it's that the people need to believe truly truly believe in their hearts that I God will be with them and it's at the very end of this week's parsha that God gives a commandment to wear tzitzit on the corners of of our garments and we have the famous third paragraph of the shema the vayomer paragraph that says put seat on your garments as a sign a visible sign to everybody that god is with us that we believe that god is with us and even our most challenging moments well all of B'nai Israel they hear this news and they say so does that give us permission to complain for the rest of our journey through the meat bar and Moshe says are you really planning to complain the rest of the time and they say oh we've got an incredible complaint for you one like you've never heard before in next week's Shabbat Shalom.